I always remember everybody's scared of clowns, and I try to cross that line faster than I can to rock the ice as soon as I start my show. I consider myself like a clown who makes it not so funny. <laughs> but I realized that I can make emotions to touch some souls. Welcome to the Theatre Art Live podcast, and hello. We're putting the spotlight on those who create live entertainment around the globe, the culture creators, the backstage masters. My name is Anna Aguilera. And my name is Anna Rob. On this episode, we'll be talking to Martin Pons about clowning and acting. Martin is a clown and mime originally from Argentina. He has participated in a number of workshops and festivals through Latin America and Europe, and Sueño Martini is his multimedia project that alternates with his work as clown in Dubai. Hello, Martin. Welcome. Hello. A pleasure to be here. Thank you for joining us. We're so excited to have you here. It's like a three-way conversation between America, Dubai, and Hong Kong today, so yes, it's cool. it's super cool. <laughs> <laughs> so let's start with um, what is a clown and what is a mime and what's the difference between both given that you know maybe not all of our listeners will understand what those things are the first things that appear in my head is the makeup <laughs> but it's just a joke <laughs> because uh, yeah they are super opposite huh? i think uh, everybody confused them they, they think they are the same but basically the mime work with the, the body of the, the our body, we, we work with our body to express. And no, sometimes we can use words, but basically we make, yeah, make our expression and the people must to finish what I, we're explaining with our body. You know? the, the, the people complete with the, his awareness or his imagination, we want, we want to say. It's more like a poetry, it's more like, a, Yes, it's just a technical, it's similar, it's like a, it's parent of the dance, you know? And it could be pantomimes, drama, comedy. We can make story, we can tell story with no one not telling anything. And the main difference with the clown, the clown is, is this, the naked soul. I think I say it's the person. We can have the clowns of the traditional school, uh, circus, I say, or the school. I come more from the school, uh, more from Lecoq style. And in that technique, we try to find our, our own clown, our, the, the thing that is unique of us. And uh, yeah, we play our nakedness. Uh, we are playing na naked, I say, of soul. When you were training, you had to find your own clown. And, and what was that process like to, to create your own existence of the clown what what how do you do that it's more discover what we are i say what i am because it's not something that I, that i cannot add something to my personality it's just to to be myself everything every single one uh, is different and it's just to be ready to to laugh about myself you know to Put out uh, things maybe I don't like about myself. If I'm hungry, I'm hungry. If I'm happy, I'm happy. And we play with the truth. If I fake that, that truth, it's kind of theater. It's big theater. It's kind of I can be a chameleon, but this the clown is, must to be the truth. 
In my case, when I mix both of the techniques, mime and clown is kind of a schizophrenic, but <laughs> because it's really opposite. But we 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 surf on we surf on it. <laughs> I find it's a, it's a process most artists have to go through at the end of the day. But for you, the pressure is on. Like you have to know who you are so you can be the clown. Exactly. Yeah. Is and I must to be ready to play in the way of my true. It's a, it's a technique to be, you know, when we are childs, we play, we don't think about. And now without being us, we blocked, we think, and we try to avoid these intellectual things to, to play naturally. That is the main thing of the clown. And what do you think that uh, the role of the clown or the mime is in the entertainment. You talk about yourself, but but how does it reflect in the show or with the audience or even with the society in general? Yeah, in general, I think uh, we don't have too much in our minds besides the independent theater or, I don't know, or, or the clowns in the traditional circus. But I was, uh, I think uh, the techniques of both are super involved in, in theater. And for me, are really important. If, if, you, got, if you got this, you're, 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 you're like an artist, you grow, you are better. Um, I think that, that is the way they appear. Maybe you, you, you don't see a guy dressing like a clown, but you, you, they can use the, the technique in comedy, in musical, musicals, or... Uh, even here in this type of work, that we, we we create a character using the technique of the clown of the mind. You no, know? we call my my character. What they call the clown king. It's not a guy dressing like a clown, like with a red nose, but it's yeah. We 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 you know we uh, walk in this mood. The character walk in this mood. What is the process because you came onto the show later than in the creation? So somebody else created that role. So how did you then take that learning from what the character is and then put yourself in it? Because that's not essentially something that you've created. What was that process like? In this case, especially the director say was not finished. Um, we have a like a door open to keep going and growing the character, but. Usually, in this, in this case, the first thing I try to learn the path, no? the walk, the, how I move, the, the business sense to be in a secure space. Uh, when I got this, I start to go a bit more deep in the personal uh, characteristic of the character, uh, the character. Yes. And in a point, start to appear what I learn, what I know about. Uh, or my type of clowning or mime to fit on this character. Also, the, the three clowns we did the, this character in La Perre are different. And uh, I add a new, a new sensibility to the character, a bit more naive, kind of disorder of attention, <laughs> that they give me the excuse to lose my pair all the time. And don't be upset all the time. I, I not to be upset. Just sometimes I lose or I miss something, and I try to to, to discover what's happened. Yes, that, that, that's what I bring. 
was part of the process of the, the growing this character or knowing this character. And tell us about Martini. And you were talking about finding your inner clown. <laughs> yeah, Martini appeared just uh, really at the beginning when I'm learning mime. Like a need, something that I need to separate to myself. And it's like the my alter ego. It's like a, the Trump of Charlie Chaplin or Bip in in Marcel Marceau. And then when I start to learn clown, also this character grow or this this yeah, it's a character. It's a kind of character grow. And working in a theme park that I work here like almost eleven years, uh, I have the opportunity to to make my own character and. This give me explore, discover, uh, grow. Yeah, it's kind of my white side. It's my white side. Yeah, it's more. It's my. It's a. It's a fool also, but it's more my white side. White side, not, not like a white clown. I say my naive side. Because I have another side, a bit more dark. When I draw, when I, uh, in my test of uh, what the, the things I like to see, a bit more darker. Does Martini come with a particular look, costume? Yes, it's kind of a, it's, it's a white suit, uh, like a body suit with a pant, like a short, like a fisher pant. It was uh, moving during the time, but this is the, with suspenders, yeah, a bit of a glamour. But yes, I, I was thinking in white because usually we work in small theater with a dark back, back side and, and say, well, I need to find something to 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 get my silhouette really expressing and i discovered this slim uh, costume meanwhile i get slim <laughs> you were saying that uh martine is your white side and then that your drawings and your visual art is your dark side but then you have ensueño de martini which is a show that you've designed and you've done the lighting so do you mix your white side and your black side on that it's a kind of blend and i try to keep uh, my dark side more in the side also because i can identify like uh, tim barton or uh, in that styles but i try to be more um, even more naive uh, because i was thinking the clown more for full audience but especially kids and I tried, I always remember everybody's scared of clowns. And I tried to cross that line faster than I can to rock the eyes as soon as I start my show. I think it, the, the, the best challenge when we, we start the show is try to break the eyes. Because it's hard to start the show and some kids crying because they see you or the makeup. <laughs> and I try to make this more soft and they, they get connected more fast with them and go direct to the soul. My, my makeup is more soft also. And I use my red, red nose at the middle of my show. I start my, my show without, without, without clown nose. I discover it's part of my, it's, it's inside my bags. I have a lot of bags uh, and I discover the nose. It's part of the game. <laughs> so what is it that made you do this study and become a performer in the first place? Was it always something that you wanted from the very beginning? What was your path into this career? 
At the beginning, I have an admiration for comedy guys uh, like Sherry Lewis, uh, I, even Marcel Mars. When I discovered Marceau, I was fascinated, Chaplin later, even in, in my country comedians. But I was a shy guy. I was a guy from sketches and draws and um, paintings and illustration. I was uh, learning illustration. I will become a Publish, uh, advertising a publisher, a, publish, a publicist, I don't know how it's in English. I was connected about in the side of the cartoonish uh, things that I saw when I was a child, but I was shy. I, I will never make the step to do something on stage. But one day, sometimes things happen, I was um, cooperating with a theater company. I was uh, helping with the with lights, with props uh, beside the company. The young, all young, we are young. I was 18 or 19 years old. And one day the director said, well, come, come to, exp uh, to work with us in a, to make an exp uh, body exploration work, uh, you know, uh, improvisation with the, with the actors. And I started to play. And the director said, he pushed me to know my, my masters. And I, I come, I will try, and I say, I come to see what, is, what it is. They say, come in. I never get out of there. And when I start mime, they are, they are, uh, my master was um, pioneers in South America. They are first hand of the crew. They go to France to learn with the, with the crew. And super pure technique. The, the, the crazy thing is I was no good, still no good with the, with the speaking or with the words. But the no language make me know the world. No, the no, the, the mind make me, they open the world, they open me the door for the world. It was crazy. And I spent uh, three years in the official school, then three years more with the company of the school, and then appeared this theme park, uh, like a, a work who looked like three months work and then was almost forever, it was so long. And in this way, I started to learn at the clowning and keep growing and growing, exploring, making uh, with, with another partners, uh, small theater pieces, basements, uh, uh, kids shows, small, always small, but uh, a lot of adventures. That is the beginning. <laughs> and then where does Saltimbanco comes in and how does La Perla, like how do you go from this basement in Buenos Aires to La Perla? I always remember I become from a basement. I don't forget I can become again one day. It's part of the career of the artist. But uh, to arrive to, to Saltimbanco was also a long journey, a long journey because they come to Argentina in 99 to make an audition. And I went to, to do the audition. And I was like, uh, usually when you have the skills or you have the, the profile, you are a potential artist. I was one of this branch of guys who was potential. But I keep doing my stuff in Argentina because I say, well, they, they will never call me. How they will call me? What nah, well, I forgot this. And I keep doing my stuff. I keep growing in this park or in my own stuff. A few years later, because in 2005, they come back again to make auditions. And they called me, come to do the audition. Why I come again if you, you already know me? No, come in, come in. And I did it again. 
finally, that last time, they, they, they tell me what type of character I can apply. Well, that they say, well, okay, okay. But I'm still thinking, oh, they, they never call me. And uh, in 2006, one year later, Saltimbanco arrived for first time to Argentina. Sixtus arrived for first time to South America. And when I see the character, I say, oh, it's not so far to do it. I can do this. And the funny thing is the, the, the next year they called me and nothing happened. And finally, 2008, at the end of 2008, they called me. What's a crazy journey. But I think the most important of this is I never stopped thinking, oh, they not call me. Oh, oh, I want to be there like a kid trying to be there. Because I, if not, I will, I will lose my, my way. And I learned a lot of stuff. And when they call me, I feel like uh, I was mature. And, and I was just in point to do it. It was, was okay. What's the um, process of when you go into a show like Saltimbanco or La Pearl, you know, it's 10 shows a week or nine shows a week, however many you may do, maybe not that many now during coronavirus, but what's the process to maintain a character? Because I can understand at some point that does it become monotonous for you or how do you maintain your motivation each day that you step on stage uh, to play the same role? In some point, being in this theme park make me the idea to understand how is the environment. And then you maybe spend many times doing the same. The main thing is try to make the flame alive. That is the hard thing. Because sometimes we, we go like automatons. Like, uh, and in some point, two things. I try to be awake every day, but also after so many times, uh, many years of, of knowing how it's the work, sometimes when you pump, put play and just you are doing playing, your, your knowledge make you do the things well. And the thing is not, don't step on it always. But I say, if you have a bad day, you can, you can survive. And if you, have a, you are with the inspiration, it's a goal for sure. I decided uh, that in, in Saltimbanco, like um, have this, this kind of tricky way to do the, the show sometimes. I decided every Sunday, because in tour, every Sunday we, we take the flight and go to another, because I was in arena tour, every Sunday we fly to another place. It was a crazy rhythm. And I, I decided to take the last show of every week like the last show of season you know in theater when we have the last show of season we make tricks we make shocks we make different things that like uh, try to make the way to your partner in the stage that try to change something and that got a funny way to to make me alive and change the others and one day say well today we will perform like a russian dancer we go to a stage like Russian dance. I still do in my character, but with the mood of Russian dance. I, today I will do, I don't know, Freddie Mercury. Oh, I know. Today I will with uh, whatever or something. Oh, tell me something. I will try to do this, and we make fun with this. Uh, and I try to keep this today. Sometimes more, sometimes less. Sometimes appear the flame. It's, it's a funny way. And being a clown, 
if a little thing changed, it's not so big deal. <laughs> it's good for us. <laughs> How do you go from uh, being the clown and the mime is usually the main character and it tends to be a lonely stage journey? It's usually the one-man show or the one-person show or a couple-of-person show. And then now you're sharing the stage with 20, 30, 40 performers. How do you adapt to that process? I must to say also, in, I must to say in, in independent theater, sometimes we have one in the audience. <laughs> yeah. It's one by one. One on stage <laughs> and one in the audience. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We don't know. First, I must to say, we don't need to forget this because it's, it's the life and we don't need we don't need to feel like we are in the you know riding a beautiful horse because tomorrow we'll be in a pony again well before this type of works i do one shows uh, or duo shows or four guys shows and when i get my own show but I also i share with the two characters and small characters to help me but it's, i'm i'm alone It's, the big deal is to su survive these 70 minutes alone. But I think this, this works when you get connected with the audience. And then you, I have like a little spot. Where it's, I, I, it's like I'm swimming and suddenly I arrive to a plant, a post. And I keep, must to be alone surviving and keep the energy and the mood of the audience is an a interesting thing. With the, with the other characters, the, the main thing is no, first, don't be alone because you have others. So that is, is usually you can play with another who is, is like a wall in, in front. I try to be connected all the time, even if I out of the show, because sometimes we, being a lot of people, we are going on out of the stage. And sometimes we relax out of the stage. And I try to be ready to don't lose this energy. Also, don't lose the connection with the other. But yes, it's, uh, it's super interesting that it's more relaxing working with another people because you don't have all the pressure. Uh, it's less stressful than alone. And also with these companies, you feel like uh, in cotton because they prepare all for be ready to work. Everything is nice. And when you are alone, it's, it's just you and a few. Your company, maybe you are three. Or checking if it's even if checking if the border is okay <laughs> or, or not it's stressful but this is super interesting i i like when i was when i have my show and i would do my show i'm super happy i don't know if i explain everything something but it's just i try <laughs> no I, i like that you have perspective on the balance between those large shows which are big and comfortable and enjoyable but also that it's also the small shows that matter as well and that you know you can still in in one career go between those things once you've become a part of it and even this year with all of the shows being stopped how quickly that that comfort can be taken away from you um and you're still in a fortunate position which is great but you know going back to the smaller shows is okay as well. And I think it comes down to respect and passion for the arts, right? So it doesn't actually matter whether what scale you're performing on, it's the matter that you are performing, right? Exactly. Because when you start, you wish that. And it's part of the, sometimes it's even the, the motor 
to go and grow and go for it, even if you never rise it. Because I remember a friend of mine who tell me, I was no idea what I'd say, but he tell, he tell me that I say when I was doing my basement shows, we must to do it like Cirque du Soleil. And we are with two guys in a small theater with two lights and five pieces. But I was that, that in that emotion, you know, like, uh, let's do it. Uh, and I would do the, the costume. And I think it was a beautiful moment of passion. And for sure, we don't need to, for, we don't need to forget this because if not, we lose it. Uh, even now, being in a comfortable uh, position, and sometimes I, uh, I say, my ass say, just do something, just create something, <laughs> and start to do. <laughs> don't get too comfortable. Don't get too comfortable. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's interesting to find that like safety and comfort line where you're creative, but not too much, so you're not creative anymore, and you get used and take things for granted. It's a fine line between the artist needs, like as an artist, you need to be stable and have some safety net, but at the same time, so you can be creative, right? But at the same time, you need to make sure that you're not too comfortable so you can still be creative. Exactly. I think in some point, this, this type of arts like clown or mime help you to understand you need to go for something. Because I think it's my, my, my daughter is, is, uh, is, is studying theater and she needs an environment, she needs co-workers, she needs a director. And sometimes if I don't have that, I say, well, okay, I will create my own. Uh, I, do, I will do because we do yeah, we Just we do it. It's more hard for other type of works, no? other type of style of, style of theater. And also the mistake is part of our food. <laughs> when I was at Cirque du Soleil in Las Vegas, after a while, some of the artists really felt the need to create. So aside from doing 10 shows a week on the strip, we used to um, create these small shows at the back of a sex shop on the east side of Las Vegas, which is really funny because you'd have to go through the sex shop into this like little theatre out the back and then the clowns would try new material and the dancers would try just to do some stuff and we'd get a keg and have some beer and it was really just a lovely community, you know, just expressing and trying new stuff and it's needed when you're churning out the corporate machine uh in another facet of your work exactly super it's super nice uh, even if you are in tour when you are like a moving moving uh, i remember doing the cabarets uh the the guys from insecto soleil doing cabarets like uh, especially have a mission to do something fun even for technicians doing uh, like parodies or was super nice inspiring also i think latin america has a very rich history in the performing arts in general i feel like it's overlooked and it's not very well known around the world between us like i admire argentinian art a lot and i feel like oftentimes people look at i don't know maybe peru or mexico among us it is we look at each other but then when we step outside to the world i feel it's overlooked why do you think this happens? Yes, I was thinking on that. And um, I think it, probably the language is the, the main factor. Because um, I was uh, following what's happened with uh, Septimo Dia, with Cirque du Soleil. They, they create a, 
huge band in Argentina, a rock and roll band. And with Circuit Slade, they create a show based in this band. But also was just for South America. Was a great market because this band was well known in South America. But I hear somebody say, if this band uh, sing in English, they can get the word. And I say, I think maybe happened the same with Ava. Sorry, my, <laughs> my vintage <laughs> apparitions. But uh, if they think maybe just in Swedish, they get in Sweden. And we need to understand maybe the main language now in the world is, is English, or maybe in future Chinese, I don't know. But uh, I was lucky to, ha to be like a non-world artist to cross this. But I think the main thing in Latin America is that. Um, but at least exist super nice festivals. I think uh, Colombia have one of the best ones in the world in Bogota. I had the lucky to be there. I was, my, my face fall, fall down because it was super, super big. I could have the, the choice to see companies that I always watch maybe in, in internet and I could see there being there. I think that now is that the point uh, around festivals. Uh, but sometimes I think also, usually South America, we are watching more outside than maybe the other people watch us. <laughs> because I think, especially Argentina, we, we grow watching friends from since the independence of our country. We have a lot of influence from Italy. But yeah, I know how break this world. I think it's, it's the world, it's the worst. But I remember a few companies like uh, Forza Bruta de la Guarda, they, they crash it and they get out. Forza Bruta is based in Argentina and now it's around the world. But yeah, sometimes it's just a few, no? you can count with the best. Argentina is a beautiful place. You can, you, you, you rise the sun and it's a theater inside. Uh, every, every garage, this is a theater. Every corner is a theater. It's super wonderful. I must to to watch and Berlin or New York to understand. Oh, Buenos Aires is a huge one, eh? Because sometimes we've been in Argentina and Buenos Aires. Yeah, we think well, we are not so good. I invite if somebody is listening to this, I invite to I invite to to come to see. Meanwhile, the the COVID they open a bit more this. Because it's hard for, especially for in the past, it's hard this situation because you have four, 14, maybe 40 chairs and you need to divide this, it's super hard. But uh, uh, I hope this change soon to, to get open these spaces. Argentinians have a very bad reputation in terms in Latin America because people think they're cocky, but I personally think they're the most fantastic and funniest people ever. In general, as a culture, they're just hilarious. Thank you, yeah. but yeah, we, we have the bad, good people and bad people, and these bad people maybe make our reputation. <laughs> 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 There's certainly a vibrancy there that I think is quite tangible, even when you just step into the city, you know, and I think... Uh, I only spent a very short time there many years ago, but I, I remember the vibrancy of the city was was just spectacular. I think also, though, I hope that it ships, you know, when you talk about, I wanted you to answer that ask that question, Anna, because it's from your perception that I think that 
Latin American arts is overlooked. And it is because I'm probably a lot more ignorant about it than you, you guys are. But I do think and I hope that things will change. And one of the things that's been quite interesting for me is with the advent of Netflix and having so many um, multicultural and multi-language te- television shows available to me, I find myself watching Spanish TV shows and watching stuff with different languages. And, and, and I, I like that because I'm, I'm being exposed to a bigger catalogue of art or artistic works that is not if you are watching, I mean, you can't watch, I can't watch local che- television here in Hong Kong anyway because I wouldn't understand it. So, But this we're in an era where Netflix and these things are bringing multicultural um, productions to our doorstep. And so hopefully that will shift over time where we do have a more of an interest into South America and into other parts of Europe that are non-English speaking. Speaking of, of Netflix, there is um, and about uh, Septimo Dia, or not Septimo Dia, but um, Cerati and... Cerati, Gustavo Cerati, yes? Or oh, Soda Stereo? Soda Stereo, that's the name I was looking for, sorry. Netflix just came out with a documentary, a short documentary on um, Latin American rock, or rock in Spanish. Uh, it's called Rock en tu idioma. And they speak, it's mostly Argentina and Mexico. They do touch on Colombia, Chile, Peru maybe someone else there. I mean, from the Spanish community, I've heard a lot of criticism from someone that I feel, I guess I'm a little bit in between. I think it's a good, as you say, to just put it out there and see. And even for myself, I learned so much because it spans through a good, I don't know, 40, 50 years. And so there were bands that I didn't know or artists that I didn't know and also cultural contexts that I had no idea. Like I didn't know that rock and swear words in Spanish were like in Mexico were completely banned. Like it was like a thing. I was like, oh, well that makes sense. Like why am I that got upset so much every time I said one because we had just just gone back past that era. And, And it was more a safety to myself than a social status, you know? But I didn't know that. And I learned that through music and this documentary. Anyhow, but yeah, watch it. It's it's interesting. I'm going to look that one up. So Martin, what would you say is your the most favorite thing you like about your job? Well, uh, I think if uh, in the case that I recognize, if I recognize, get to touch somebody, what I'm doing, I think. I think because... Um, uh, I consider myself like a clown who make, it's not so funny. <laughs> but I realized that I can make emotions to touch some souls. And if when I recognize that, I think it's the best thing that I can do. And I'm happy for that. I'm proud for that. It does happen sometimes. <laughs> so, but I think it's the best thing that I can do, just moving people. I can myself like an entertainment guy. I'm I'm really bad on that, <laughs> but uh, uh, watching another colleagues, no. And uh, but yes, when and that is the, the the big thing to live shows, because I can explain that uh, in video. Uh, getting pushed on this this uh, changes in the world about the media and all the stuff in in recording stuff or YouTube, uh, my, my daughter say, oh, do something. 
I feel it's not my 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 sea, my river. I can try, but I say when it's live and I can touch people, wow, I feel like, yeah, that is the goal. That is the best thing. They laugh also very beautiful, for sure. Yeah, touch people is still, it's a big thing. It's I, maybe I'm telling something like, oh, what is that guy saying? But yes, it's what I feel. I love it. I think it's a beautiful mission, for sure. A worthwhile one, for sure. <laughs> If you could change anything about the industry, like pick something and change it, what would you change? Well, it's just much, much uh, desire, just that the technology don't eat us at all. Like uh, when the, even it's, it's almost the same we are talking about this, just to find the balance between uh, arts and use the, te the technology with us, not eating us. Because sometimes, you know, to, to make this environment more, more wow, more fast. Uh, sometimes it's using more and more, more technology. And the artists look like a little piece of nothing in, in big spaces. And uh, well, I hope to, to keep going in a balance or use the technology with us, like an art style, an art, an art type, I know how to say. I can say that because I, I, my vision is more like an artist, like a painter or drawer. Just uh, use that, uh, involved in that, you know, like a, just a video wall when moving lights. For example, no, it's, it's, it's an example, no? like a, that could help in a rock band, but no, in theater I prefer more the hand of an artist behind this. I agree. I think that technology needs to support the creative vision uh, rather than overcome it. You know, it's really important that it's there as a support. So to, well, tell us where people can access and find you, what you've done. Do you have, are you on social media? Tell us where we can look you up. <laughs> I'm not so good with this, but yes, I got my Instagram. You can find me in Martini, the underline Pons, or in Facebook, like uh, the fan page is Clown Martini, or my Facebook is Martin Pons. I exist a lot of Martin Pons in the world because I'm not the only one. It's all right. I found you already. But you can find, yeah, you can find a, one with a guy of <laughs> few funny pictures. And <laughs> the guy with more, more pixelated pictures. <laughs> you have a new follower. You have a new follower. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Yeah, usually I post and share stuff uh, from, from ideas or pasts or future or moments that yeah. I'm doing. Yes. Yeah. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been amazing to sort of connect across countries to speak with you today. It was a super pleasure to be here. It was a super pleasure. I am super happy. We would love to hear from you, our listeners, on who you would like us to feature on this podcast or what topics fascinate you. There's a link in our podcast description where you can send us your podcast requests and guest nominations. Theatre Art Life provides regular monthly webinars and podcasts for free. And if you have the means, donations can be made via a link in the podcast description. We would be thankful for any support you can give us. You can learn more about Theatre Art Life, the global media site for entertainment, at www.theatreartlife.com. And you can follow us on all social media platforms. We want to thank David Zare for composing the music for our podcast. We are your hosts, Anna and Anna, and this is the Theatre Art Life podcast. Thanks for listening.